Welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Senior Pastor Marty Manuel. Just while you're being seated, um, I had a rather extraordinary trip this week and I think Tim captured it uh, in a photo. So we'll just throw it up there, Tim, um, in a minute. It was quite a journey. Um, hopefully we can find it there if... You guys can sit down, that's all right. Thank you. (laughs) Give the band a round of applause. There it is. (laughs) For the non-movie buffs, you just may not quite get it, but anyway... There you go. Um, You can take it down now. It's weeding me out, having myself look. Well, we had a great night on Friday night. Uh, Many of you have been praying and asking about, you know, how it went. And um, we just had a a fantastic night. Heaps of uh, young people, young adults came, um, some from other areas as well, are hearing about what's happening. And they, they came along as well. And um, just a great response at the end of salvations and, and rejuvenation. Um, there was numerous baptisms. Um, and uh, so God is really, really stirring young people in our region. And, um, you know, one of the things I'll, I'll share about today is, is about sowing. And I suppose one of those things that, um, that we've really felt is that we have to actually actively sow into this generation, that they're not going to automatically just flood to Jesus necessarily, but there's a season of real sowing required. And I feel like for the last six or seven years, we've really been doing that, praying into that and, um, and going after that. Um, and I suppose we're seeing uh, some of the fruit of that now. So keep praying uh, because we need young people really, really getting to know Jesus in this southern region who have a voice and influence and know who they are in him. And, um, and so it's just it's exciting to see what God's doing. Um, and uh, I think that gradually over time, even over the next few years, I think we'll see a, a greater merging of the generations. And um, so it's not like we want to exclude any uh, age group or generation, but there's seasons and times where we have to sow specifically into an atmosphere or into an age group. And really, that's what we're going for on culture nights and the youth ministry and young adults. And um, but be praying because this generation faces a whole lot of challenges and uh, we've just been through election cycle and we even of ourselves face a lot of challenges, you know, uh, just like the politicians do. And so we need to remember this generation because they, they're going to need a lot of wisdom. They're going to need a lot of wisdom, a lot of fathering and mothering and helping to make the right decisions and to raise up this generation that God wants to raise, which is his and um, so, yeah, keep praying um, for that every term we gather uh, like that for that gathering. And um, it's just good to see what God's doing. And um, yeah, so um, and during the week as well, um, and this, this is certainly more for the mature ones who came out and faced the cold of Wednesday night um, I, I was really, really encouraged by you guys and um, 
Uh, we, I, do, I do have to thank Zeph and uh, Rocky who made sure the auditorium was very warm on Wednesday night because I knew we wouldn't be able to keep anyone if it weren't warm. So, um, But um, it was, it was, I finished sort of the second part of the series of Secrets to Warfare and we'll, we'll put it on video because I think it's important that we as a church family know how we uh, operate together in areas of sp- spiritual warfare and um, strengthening ourselves in the Lord and in His armor and in everything He's got. So we'll, over the next few weeks, put that together and make that available for you because I think it's, it's one of those things that um, we don't necessarily get to on a Sunday morning, but at specific times we can take specific topics and teach into that and give real practical application of, of how we do that. Um, And that's what that was about. But today, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, I want to talk about deeper truths. That's what I've called it, deeper truths. And Matthew chapter 13, it's Jesus in this passage. He's starting to tell some parables. And um, we will pick up from verse 3. And this is Jesus' words to the disciples. He says, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they were withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. Others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And his disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered them, To you it has been, given, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given." And he will have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. And I'll finish it there for now. Um, This passage has always puzzled me a little bit um, because it can seem somewhat unfair. But I want to focus on the portion of us, and I think it's fair to say uh, most of us in this room believe in Jesus, trust in him, know him, love him, and know his truths. And therefore, I'll focus in on that today because... Um, We are the ones whom Jesus is talking about who have had the seeds scattered over us of our hearts because the kingdom of God develops and grows in our hearts. And so the seed of the gospel has been spread over us and we've received it and we then have a choice how much we activate the seed, how much we activate the word. And so that's what I want to explore today um, by calling it Deeper Truths. I want to challenge us and encourage us to go to a new level of depth in Jesus. And um, it's easy when you read through some of the, maybe some of the Christian mystics or some of the, the saints of a few hundred years ago, you can read their writings and you can recognize a depth that they had. And obviously in, say, Old English, it sometimes even sounds more profound, but When you read their writings, you realize that they pondered on Jesus in a deep way. They pondered on him. They read about him. And then they would sit and dwell on him. And um, this is something that often challenges me when I read their writings. 
and um, you, you read about maybe some past revivalists of you know the last couple of hundred years, and you'll read about their lives. One of the things that is outstanding about them is that they never shy away from going deep into Jesus. They get as deep into his heart and into his face, if you like, and into the person of Jesus Christ as they possibly can. They try and explore every facet of Jesus. What was his feelings? What, what did he think like? What did he look like? What did he sound like? How did he act? And, and then they try and apply that to themselves. And so you'll see uh, a lot of the old saints writing about this and even their journey. Um, and, you know, one of the greatest for me is John Wesley. Um, and, you know, some of his writings about even his own struggles um, to find Jesus and even questioning his own salvation when clearly he was born again, but he would still question his salvation in a way that would bring out a depth in the cross and bring out a depth in the Word of God that not many of us Christians talk like that or think like that necessarily overtly. We probably do it in our quiet time with the Lord, but it's something else to take a step back and say, all right, I'm at a certain place. The seed has been scattered over my heart. How can I explore Jesus to a whole new level? How can I allow him to explore me to a whole new level? Where are the rooms in my heart that I haven't yet given over to him? Where are the areas in my life that I could yet consecrate to him and have him sanctify me and purify me and fill my temple with a fullness of his glory? Because if you're like me, there are certain areas that maybe we haven't fully brought toward him, not, not knowingly, but actually uh, subconsciously, unknowingly. We may have areas of our lives or patterns or habits that we still operate under a way that hasn't yet been fully applied the template of Jesus Christ over us. I want to give you an example of this. Um, in our business days, it was critically important for us to get the templates right. And Zeph actually knows this because he used to AutoCAD a lot of them for us. But when we were making fiberglass pipe fittings, um, uh, it was absolutely critical that we got the templates right in making the fittings to the right angle. If we, I remember uh, one particular project for uh, Olympic Dam up, up at Roxby Downs. Um, it was lots of kilometres and kilometres of pipe, and and um, some of our templates were wrong on some of the fittings. So the angles of the bend, instead of being forty-five degrees, they might be forty-one or forty-two degrees. And if you're on a big pipeline and it's millions and millions of dollars and for BHP, let's say billions of dollars at stake on a big expansion project, you, that's a big problem. It's a big problem getting the template wrong by just a few degrees. And so when we apply the template of Jesus Christ over us, we want to make sure that we align perfectly with him, perfectly with what he's saying for us. There are things that he will be talking to you about and me about in this season of our lives, maybe the last month or last week or even the last couple of days. There'll be things he's saying to you or maybe he's impressing upon you. Because if you're anything like me, even when I spend time with the Lord, if I'm journaling, I find it comes a little bit easier. But if I'm just sitting and just read the word of God and then say, okay, Lord, speak to me, often it can be half an hour of nothing, half an hour of just 
oh, is, is that from you? Is that from you? Anyone else like that? You just have a time where you're just sort of questioning, what is it? And so in our season of asking the Lord and allowing him to speak to us, we're then preparing ourselves to have the template of Christ impressioned upon us. And when we have the template of Christ put upon us, he will go to rooms of our lives that maybe we haven't automatically given over to him. Our thought life. Our thought life is a big area that we may not yet have fully allowed him to sanctify and purify and make his. Because he owns us, right? He owns us. And normally we say, yeah, I asked Jesus into my heart. Well, when we ask Jesus into our heart, if, if Christ lives in us, then he wants to consume all of us. Our thought life, our speaking, what we look at, the things we listen to, the things we do, the way we operate. And probably the biggest one for me, the way we react. The way we react to one another. And the way we react to one another, I think, is one of the biggest evidences or lack thereof of the fruit of the Spirit. Did you understand what I meant by that? The way we respond to one another, I believe in my eight years of pastoring anyway, for me, this is the big one. Have you, are you evidencing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life? Test it in how you react to other people around you. It doesn't mean we have to let people walk all over us, but it does mean we have to act in the Spirit. And Paul urges us to live in the Spirit at all times. But how we respond to one another, how we speak to one another, what we think about one another, do we honor one another, do we lift one another up? And when we operate in this kind of environment, uh, in fact, I was just, as I was walking up here when we had the time of just saying hello to one another, I just looked around and I could sort of see, you know, 10 or 15 of you all just hugging. And it just occurred to me, wow, that probably wouldn't have happened a few years ago. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's an apostolic fruit of the Spirit, actually, because we're in a lineage of inheritance from, uh, from Wayne and Irene and from Karen and I. And, and so it, it, what rains on the head rains on the body. And so the fruit of the Spirit is contagious. It's contagious. And when we operate it, sometimes it unlocks something in someone else to be able to operate in it. I know for me, the, the, probably some of the most powerful things in my life, in Christianity, in getting to know God, I've learned through other people. Sure, the Word of God's taught me the foundation and worship and hearing God for myself has been critical. But ultimately, we learn from each other. We watch people, don't we? we? We watch, we learn, we listen, we glean from one another. Iron sharpens iron. So naturally, if we're rubbing up against people now, it, you know, the sharpening process, probably the, the blade that's being sharpened might not actually love that process. I don't know. I've never asked one. But if you think about it, sparks fly when iron sharpens iron. And so don't resist the sparks. Accept the sharpening. Because this is the process that God wants to bring us out into a fresh, new, one new man, Ephesians calls it. One new man. So that we can explore the depths of Christianity, the depths of the cross, the depths of Jesus, the depths of the heart of God. And, we, and like Paul says, we don't have to be worried about milk anymore. We don't have to be sort of, I mean, he even says, you know, surely we can get over the teachings of repentance and some of this normal stuff. I mean, we haven't even got to repentance yet. 
You know, so it's, it's like as, as the body of Christ, there's a deeper understanding of the mystery and the power of God that we sometimes forget about. And so that's really what I want to share today, and maybe I'll finish at that. That might be enough for us. <laughs> you might be full enough already. Um, but I was looking at a um, you know, Facebook thing, Dangerous to Do, one of the you know, funny church stuff. Some of you would have that. Maybe it was Instagram. And you know, there was sort of all these different quotes that pastors use when they're trying to wrap up a sermon, but they're not really wrapping up. And so you know, that, that I have really tried all my days to make that not something that can, anyone can stick to me. Um, but I'm sure it's relevant every now and then. Anyway, um, you know, living out truth personally, living out truth personally is much harder than professing it. Actually living it out. It's very easy to profess. It's very easy to say a whole lot of things. It's very easy to even maybe preach and, you know, say all sorts of nice things. It's a whole nother ball game to begin living it out and to live it out in a reality, to live it out in a real way. I think that um, we sometimes have settled for a whole lot less than what Jesus really paid the price for. We can settle for just nice life perhaps. And I think even in revival circles, sometimes we settle for maybe just a, a good meeting and maybe some manifestations of the Spirit. And, and we, we think that's sort of the end, but that's just the beginning. And so, because He wants to take us into the deeper rooms of our hearts. He wants to take us into those depths, change us, renew our minds, renew our bodies, renew our thinking so that we think like Christ. We look like Christ. We understand the kingdom like Christ wanted us to. And so in this passage here, I could read this very easily on the surface and say, yeah, the seed is the gospel. And Jesus explains it later in the passage. The seed is the gospel. It's the word of God which goes out to the world and it's scattered and some will receive it and some won't. Some will receive it for a little while and then, and then forget about it because the worries of life will take over. Um, but I want to take us to a new level of understanding this today and reading into this. The seed is the word of God. But some of us, some of us, if we're honest, can say, Lord, how deep have I allowed, allowed that seed to transform me? How deep have I really allowed this word, this truth, the gospel, Jesus Christ, the person, the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer? You know, it's funny. Uh, this is going to be a random thing. But <laughs> yesterday I, I slipped and fell, and I actually have a sore there. And there. <laughs> and I, I looked at it this morning and I thought, wow, that's a whole new level of depth in Jesus. <laughs> but obviously, there's a whole slant of, of perhaps even, you know, uh, Catholic or mystic Christianity that probably went down a stream of even self-abasement and self-punishment. That's not a deeper understanding. 
that's a lowering and maybe a humility and maybe a horrible process. But that's not what I'm talking about. It's not what the gospel talks about either because we're meant to have life and more abundantly. But to have it more abundantly, it just, it doesn't just, often when we think of that, we think of, oh, nice clothes, beautiful car, everyone worshipping and celebrating, everything growing and, and getting amazing. That's not necessarily what it means. What if it actually means Jesus Christ consuming us? consuming all of us, consuming us. When we spend time with him, we're dwelling on him and he's speaking to us and he's helping us identify areas of our life where he hasn't fully had, had permission to come and take over. Maybe it's rejection, maybe it's hurt, maybe it's uh, areas of insecurity and fear and doubt. And these sorts of areas are some of the biggest for the body of Christ. Will we let him consume us? That's revival. That's revival. When we let Jesus consume who we are. And that's what I believe this passage is talking about. Going to a whole deeper level of letting that seed consume us and overtake us so that we begin to really feel Jesus in us. It's interesting when you're operating sort of in a setting like this and maybe, you know, for, for, for all of us, there'll be times when we're really trying to follow the Holy Spirit. And it's not easy sometimes because it, he may not be quite saying anything to you and you're like, what do I do now, Holy Spirit? Um, but it's interesting. And one thing I've noticed that the more I do that, the more I ask him that question, the more he begins to answer. I think for the first few years of asking him that question, it was pretty silent. What do I do now, Holy Spirit? It's like, oh, I just can't get a fixing point of what he's trying to say. But the more I've persisted in that and I've let that seed of the word of God go deeper within me and in, into as fertile soil as I know how to grow and keep that going. And I get it wrong plenty of times and allow him to pull out a weed here and there. Uh, but let the garden of my heart become the training ground or the growing fertile soil for the kingdom of God in me. Because we, we aren't responsible for anyone else. We're only responsible for our own garden. We are only responsible for my garden. That's all I've got to worry about. And so if I'm tending my garden, allowing him to pull out those weeds, allowing him to remove distractions and things that, that aren't of him, let go of hurts, let go of other things, when I do that, the seed grows big and it begins to consume and it begins to overtake. I think one of the um, I've got a couple of things actually that I think in, in modern day Christianity or maybe it's just in our society I think probably as a whole one of the areas that we've got to be careful of is masks if we if we cultivate a area now there's there's and I want to sort of be careful with this because there's there's an area of keeping one's safety which is fine keeping one's truth which is fine but what I want to focus on for a moment is the, the other area where we have learnt behaviours whereby they're protective walls so that you can't hurt me or so that I, you can't control me or so these sorts of things. When we live out of these masks, they are learnt behaviours or maybe protectional barriers or whatever they are. And I'm not talking about posturing ourselves rightly and being strong within. What I'm talking about is these other areas that yet we are to give to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this area. I'm going to trust that I can operate rightly 
And irrespective of what people think of me, as long as I'm operating rightly with you, Jesus, and it's you and it's sanctified and it's holy, then I'm okay. And so then we're, we're not beholden to flattery. We're not beholden to just the opinions of other people. We're not beholden to even our own insecurity and fear. And we don't live out of that because that can be a mask too. And we're not sort of um, um, putting an effect on everything that goes around us, but we're actually operating in truth and righteousness. Um, Oswald Chambers, I've quoted this quite a few times, and Karen's reading through it again now. And there's one particular... Um, of one of his day devotions, and I've forgotten the title of it actually, but it's one that we quote to ourselves fairly often, where he talks about um, being obedient to the Spirit, not doing things under compulsion to what other people's expectations of are us. Uh, That was completely wrong, but you know what I meant. (laughs) Karen could come and quote that. I was trying not to spit, but then it just happened anyway, and so... You get my drift, right? We can often operate wanting to please other people. And, and we can on, often operate on that sort of maybe even 60, 70, 80% of the time. And then only a few times we actually stop to say, okay, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to operate in this relationship? How do you want me to operate in this conversation? Do you want me to say anything? Maybe you want me to just stay silent. Maybe you do want me to share a truth. Maybe you want me to, I, I don't know. It's going to be different for all of us. But when we learn to operate in truth in that deeper place, we begin to give permission to ourselves to operate in the kingdom, the kingdom of light, not in the kingdom of shadows. The kingdom of shadows is very close to the kingdom of light, and it can sometimes even merge and look like the kingdom of light, but it's not the kingdom of light. Because the kingdom of light has complete purity in it. It has righteousness, honor, peace, self-control. All of these things flow. The fruits of the Spirit operate in the light. But shadow sometimes tries to come in and, and shine its little bit of darkness over into our light. And this is where we have to stay in a posture of consecrating ourselves to Jesus, allowing him into the depths of who we are, allow him into those places that hurt, allow him into those places of rejection, allow him into those places of lack, allow him into those places of even fruitfulness and allow his seed to go right through us so that we begin to live out truth. We begin to be people who evidence truth, evidence truth, not just speak it, but we evidence it. And, and the way we talk, people will hear us and, and um, they'll, they'll know that, okay, that maybe I don't agree with what you're saying, but man, you stand for truth. You stand for truth. And this is a hard thing in this day and age publicly to do, to still stand for truth. And you can see even with our recent election that anyone who's too scared to actually stand for a conservative truth, it's like they're they're just, they don't know where they are. And someone who doesn't know where they are is double-minded. And a double-minded person has no authority. You have authority when you know the truth and you live out of the truth. And when we live out of the truth, we're not questioning who we are or what we believe or what we might think about. But we're a person who knows who we are because we live out of that deeper place. When um, I went to Africa a number of years ago now and I heard uh, a guy preaching and um, 
you know, I explained this story a number of times, but he, he operated in the miraculous, as in miracles, greater than anyone I've ever seen in my life. And more than just about anyone I've heard of, actually, in, in the current day, if I can say that. And, and so I remember going there and, and seeing all these amazing miracles and cancers and AIDS and everything getting healed just phenomenally. And um, I remember watching and then really listening to this guy to see if he's legit. Because there's a whole lot of rumors around, you know, anyone who operates that kind of miraculous. There's bound to be rumors. And so I remember listening and, and trying to run it through my scanner and see, okay, is this guy, is he biblical? Is it true what he's saying? Does he seem to live a life evidence to Jesus? Um, and, you know, you've probably all done it before of trying to discern rightness in a person or in a situation. And so I remember doing that. And I remember after a week of hearing him preach and talking to people and all this sort of stuff, despite all the cultural differences, really recognizing there is so much truth that he lives out of. He lives out of. And one of his sermons that I heard when I was there, he spoke about deep, deeper, and deepest. Now that's challenging right there, isn't it? Living out of the deep which is probably most of us, then living out of the deeper and then living out of the deepest. And his challenge was if you want to operate in all this stuff, because everyone does, you need to be at deepest. At deep and deeper, you're on the way there. But deepest is the place where the word of God actually comes alive in us and spontaneous combustion with the word connecting with our flesh. The word became flesh, remember that. But, and the word can still become flesh if we understand the deeper truth that the word is alive in us. And if we allow him into the rooms of our hearts, we begin to live out the word of God. And that deeper truth becomes life for other people. And when we speak to them, or maybe when we don't speak to them, the deeper truth of the Word of God comes alive in us. It catches on fire in our hearts, and, and it's contagious. It's contagious. Iron sharpens iron. And so then we may even find ourselves as, um, you know, I mean, I can talk a lot as well, but there's sometimes, if I'm actually in a holy moment, where I will actually listen to the Holy Spirit and say, hmm, okay. What do you want me to say here? Because I could say that or I could say that, but I don't want it to be my flesh. I don't just want it to be something nice. I actually want it to be the Holy Spirit. Or maybe it's a decision you're about to make. Maybe it's for your future or maybe it's a job or an investment or whatever it might be. These are the kinds of decisions that we cannot afford to make unsanctified decisions. They must be His decisions. Because even if it's not the way we would go or what we uh, would necessarily do, and even as I say that, I, I feel that that may be relevant for some here today. You know, maybe it's decision time. Decision time. Decision time to consecrate yourself before the Lord. Allow Him into the room of your heart that maybe you haven't let Him in that particular area. You've just functioned and operated and thought this thing through. And so this may be a time for you to allow the deeper truth and revelation of Jesus Christ. I love how the book of Revelation is actually called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Because the whole book of Revelation is about the revealed Messiah, the revealing of Jesus Christ. 
And so we actually get to participate that because we're in the kingdom. And that's what this parable is talking about. We have the keys to the kingdom. We get to choose how much we will operate in this stuff and how much we won't. Psalm 42 verse 7 says this, Deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. This is a cry of the psalmist because he's feeling completely overwhelmed. But the depth of his heart is crying out the depth of who he is. And you may have been in this situation before when you really need something from God or when you're in a desperate season, when you're in a time where things maybe just aren't working or maybe there's just confusion reigning. This is a time for your deep to call out to his deep. And I find it really interesting that just like with iron sharpening iron, sparks normally fly and there's some agitation in that process. The same goes actually in this passage. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. You know, it's interesting on our health journey, we've learned that one of the healthiest places you can be on earth is right next to a waterfall. Because the millions and millions and millions of negative ions that are released, you breathe that in and it's healing, it's detoxing, it's cleansing. It's phenomenal. You can look this up. You can look up the statistics. It's one of the healthiest places to be on the face of the earth. Next to waves that are breaking, water that's breaking, and especially waterfalls. And so even in this, we might be in a season where our deep is crying out to his deep. And it may be like raging waters all around you, but it's the healthiest place for you to be in. It's the absolutely right place for you to be in. Because even though it may be a little bit rocky and wavy, it's the place he wants you because he can put in that purification. He can put in even a bit of agitation and sparks may fly. But don't resist the sparks. Don't resist the waterfall. Let it consume you because that's when he takes over. That's when he takes over. And that's the cry of the psalmist here. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. They've overtaken me. I mean, there wouldn't be a person in this room who doesn't want Jesus to take over them. Jesus to take every area of our lives and take over. And sometimes when nothing's happening, it's just like, Lord, you're going to have to just do everything. I'm dead to myself. You know, we can get like that. But it's a great place to be because he says, finally, I've got you. Finally, I've got you. Finally, I can shape you. My, the seed of my heart can come onto your soil and go really deep now because there's no weeds. There's nothing. There's nothing. And so it's that depth, getting a deeper, deeper, deeper understanding. I, I want us to stand today. And um, thanks, guys. It's holidays. I promised myself I'd keep it short. <laughs> But if you just want to allow him to take over, allow him to get to those rooms that maybe you don't even have the key yourself to, to go to. It's just like you just don't even know anymore. But you want him to consume you in that place. You want his breakers to overtake you and, and his waves to sweep you over and, and, uh, and, and really fill you with his peace and his voice then just raise both hands today. And I just want to pray a blessing over each one of us this morning. Lord, I thank you for every single person you've brought here today. I thank you that you have 
a mandate and a calling upon each of our lives. You've given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You've given us authority to operate in this kingdom. And Lord, we stand before you today and we ask that you would sweep us over with your waves, with your breakers, with your fresh anointing. Lord, let the deep cry out to deep today. The depths of our heart cries out to the depths of your heart. Lord, when we haven't got it anymore, when we don't even know what to do anymore, our depths, our nothingness cries out to your somethingness. And Lord, we pray that the bigness of God would sweep over this place right now, right now, right now with fresh victory, fresh, even a cleansing of the mind and a cleansing and a purifying of our hearts, Lord. And we pray a consecration day. A consecration day over this house as we recommit to you, as we allow you in. Lord, as we give you place, rightful place as the authority of our lives. And Jesus, confront us with your love. Confront us with your love. Confront us with your love today. We allow you. And just begin to receive that by faith. You don't have to feel anything. Or maybe you do feel something. But Holy Spirit is here. Jesus is here. And what a, what a moment for him to just take hold of us. Lord, we just allow you. We just allow you. I just pray a, a sweeping over of your love today. Lord, where there's confusion, I bind it in Jesus' name and I command it to go right now. All confusion in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are so good, God. You don't let us go. You want every room of our hearts, so we give you permission. We give you permission. The hurting places, the places we don't even talk about, the places of privacy, the places uh, where, where we ne not, haven't necessarily allowed you in. Today is a day of consecration. Maybe you've been struggling with pornography. Maybe you've been struggling with sin. Maybe you've been struggling in an area that maybe no one else even knows about, or maybe a few. Today is a day of consecration for you. Bring it before Jesus. We ask for forgiveness today, Jesus, for any of those areas. We bring it before you today, Lord Jesus. Lethargy. Lethargy is as damaging as pornography in the church. Lethargy. Lord, we just, we just bring it before you today. We bring it before you today, Lord, and we ask for your cleansing blood to wash us clean. Wash us clean. And we allow you into that room of our heart. We allow you into the room of our heart. And Lord, we say, take over. Take over. Take over. Take over. Take over, Lord Jesus. Take over. I want the worship team to come up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, we just say, sweep over us today, Lord. Sweep over us today, Holy Spirit. Let your breakers break over us. Let your breakers break over us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we ask you to just come and fill this house today. Lord, we pray for a fresh anointing, a fresh encouragement, even new levels and new depths with you, Lord Jesus. 
Reveal yourself to us, Lord Jesus. Dreams, visions, encounters, your voice, your word, a fresh understanding in Jesus' name. Let's worship together. If you want to come out the front and just worship and give Him your all, then you can do that now. And we're just going to lift up worship and praise in any old way Jackie chooses this morning. And um, we'll do that for a few minutes and then I'll close properly. But I want to pray a prayer of blessing over all of us just before I close. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.